Today on the ZabeCast, I am eating way too much online junk food, and I think it's almost as bad for me as the real thing. Bob and Brian on the guest couch today will break down the Super Bowl commercials, Justin Timberlake's halftime, and talk all-time SI swimsuit models and more. All that plus how one and done could be coming to an office near you. Got about 45 minutes to kill, then buckle up and let's go! <laughs> Here we go! It is Wednesday, February 7, 2018, and it was what I think will be one of the worst five days weather-wise in the DMV today. Just a mess of freezing rain, rain, bitterly cold temperatures, complete gloom and doom. Kids were off of school again today, and probably a good call, but it was not that icy. It was just icy enough that basically when I walked down the steps leaving the house today, I had to gently put one foot on the ice and kind of like Peter Griffin in the episode where he's in his socks at the top of the stairs, worried about any slight move and you're going to take a tumble. My digital diet is for shit. It really is bad. And by digital diet, I mean what I read, what I eat, what I watch online. Too many low-hanging fruit and stories that are of non-significance in sports, I have realized I'm attracted to these things. I like to believe I'm smart enough to avoid so-called clickbait. But when it comes to other stories that are of really no significance, I can't stop reading them. I also hoard stories that I never read. And I do this by way of likes on Twitter, or I will star an email with a link that somebody sends me And I'll always in my mind say, okay, that looks interesting, but no time. Got to go look at some other stuff. Here, I'll save it for later. Guess what? Later never comes. I mean, almost never comes. I almost never loop back, stop everything, and bear down and read a whole story. I don't take time to even watch highlights these days. Because it's a passive thing to sit and watch highlights. Oh, okay, here's, here's some highlights. What, what do I do with my hands? Do I just uh, fold them here, I guess? Uh, sit with my feet flat on the floor, Bob Madden style? Okay, now what? Okay, that was a highlight. Okay, nice dunk. Okay, uh-huh. right, okay. I, like many of us, have become a zombie hunter-gatherer, click and scroll, click and scroll, click and scroll, internet zombie. There was once a great commercial in which a guy reaches a page that says, you've reached the end of the internet, turn around. And it's funny, but also sad at the same time, because I think sometimes I'm that way. I check my mentions way too much on Twitter, because like everyone, I'm a narcissist. I want to be popular. I want to say, ooh, how many responses? And sometimes I won't get the number of responses or mentions I think I should. And it affects my mood. It makes me think, oh, you got to step up your Twitter game, man. People are not responding anymore. This, this should be 20-plus of mentions. This should be 99-plus mentions. And then if I go and look at the mentions, and I see a lot of them are just likes or reach. And these wouldn't be mentions. I guess be, these would be called notifications. You know, if they're just retweets or likes, I'm sort of let down. Like, hey, hey, I was looking for some interaction here. I've become addicted as any teenager. I should really limit my Twitter research, and it is good for my job to research and just keep abreast of things. Uh, I should do that. I should limit that to an hour in the morning and an hour in the afternoon, and that's it, and just set the windows and go, look, you're not going to look at your Twitter any other day because, or any other time of the day because you just don't need to. You don't need to. Nothing's happening. Maybe half an hour in the morning. And half an hour in the afternoon. For recreation, when I'm at my computer, I research electronics and then buy them. And then return them. And then buy and return and buy and return. I watch YouTube reviews of cameras and drones that I already own. How sick is that? 
And last night I found myself reading a story under the headline of Philly radio host Mike Missanelli blasts ESPN Sarah Spain over lazy media narrative. Click. As I read through it, I kept thinking, when's the good stuff coming? When's the good stuff coming? And it never came. And I realized, why am I wasting my time on this? Who cares that Sarah Spain got all snippy with Mike Missanelli over whether or not Eagle fan reputations were overblown, underblown, a lazy narrative or not? Who cares? That was my come-to-Jesus moment. I said, I, I have got to dial in my digital diet. That said, regarding that Philly fan narrative, the lazy narrative that Missanelli says it is, and others in the Philadelphia media also don't like people bringing up, I'd just say this. Pelting Santa with snowballs was real. I don't care if it was 50 years ago. Throwing batteries at J.D. Drew was real, and that was not 50 years ago. Cheering for Michael Irvin when he got hurt at the vet and didn't get up was real. I've got the audio here to prove it as well. This was... 1999, and it was the last play of Michael Irvin's career. I want you to take a listen because forget the fact that at the end of this 12-minute clip, which is on YouTube, yes, the Eagle fans cheer in a genuine way for Michael Irvin being taken off on a stretcher with his face mask cut off and loaded into an ambulance. That was genuine. But let's hear the initial reaction, and you tell me. about eight, Bobby Taylor with Michael Irvin, who stays down. Here's Michael Irvin. He's going to run the slant. You see, he's going to cover about four yards and just come to the inside. Bobby Taylor was a little slow getting a jump on that, and it was the second guy in that got Michael Irvin. Somebody flashed by, hit him in the back, maybe in the helmet with a knee. All the time, Irvin is lying on the ground and can't get up. You can hear the crowd right there. That is not respectful cheers of, oh, man, you were hurt, but now you're up and, and everything is good. Go back and listen to the initial play. By the way, this is one of the most generic-looking plays you'll ever see. It was not spectacular in the least. Irvin just kind of crouched his head, tucked his shoulders forward, and hit the rock-hard Philadelphia Veterans Memorial Stadium concrete turf with his head kind of straight down. And that was what did it. That gave him a neck injury that ended his career. Listen to the time from when he was down and the crowd is quiet, like, okay, just a five-yard play, to the time in which they realize, oh, he's not getting up. Good. Linebacker, the fullback, so he could make the team. And they say he has very good hands in addition to being tough. Irvin makes the catch from Eggman. Tackled. Crowd. Quiet. 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 Fox graphic. Ah! Right there. So you can hear it right there, okay? That was real. That happened. Cheering, uh, Redskins superfan Chief Z getting beat up and sent to the hospital was real. I read to you from the Philadelphia, or the Washington City paper, Dave McKenna, Dateline, December 13th, 2012, headline, Philadelphia Story. I cut to the chase. Legend holds, writes McKenna, that Philadelphians don't like folks showing up in opposition garb. Rob Chari, a longtime news director for WIPAM, the sports station in Philly, says he's not so sure his town is any tougher on visiting routers than other locales. But, Chari adds, if you show up at Veterans Stadium wearing non-Eagles colors, quote, you're basically putting a sign on your back that says, hit me. Now, there's one Philadelphia media member who's not exactly saying lazy narrative. He's adding to it. That's apparently the sign that Eagle fans saw on Chief Z. Chief Z, by the way, uh, Zima Williams, a fan who had decided to dress up in an Indian headdress, very politically incorrect now, obviously, and uh, sort of a, a vest and some other garments, and jump up and down. He became famous for these sideline skits with the Cowboys' Crazy Ray, who dressed up as a cowboy. 
And they would have these mock battles, and CBS would put it on TV all the time. Cute and harmless. In Philly, it was not cute or harmless. That's apparently the sign the Eagles fans saw in Chief Z. Hit me. Early in the game, two locals accosted Williams in the upper deck. They ripped his customized jumpsuit during an unsuccessful attempt to tear it clean off of him. The assailants also grabbed the feathers off his headdress and threw them to the grandstands below. Veteran stadium security guards came to Chief Z's rescue, throwing his attackers out. Williams, who was ruffled but unhurt, went downstairs and asked for help from Philly fans in retrieving his headdress. But with John Riggins leading the Skins to a 23-13 win over the home team, they weren't in any mood to assist. The Chief left the stadium without the feathers. On his walk to the parking lot, a van cut in front of Williams and stopped. The back doors opened and a thuggish quartet, including two of the men who'd been ejected for going after Williams inside the stadium, jumped out. They proceeded, writes McKenna, to deliver perhaps the worst mascot beating in NFL history on Chief Z. They treated me like chopped meat, he said. They ripped off my costume, smashed my eye socket. My eyeball was just hanging out. They snapped my leg like it was a twig, and they yelled, you won't be jumping up and down in this stadium anymore. They left me lying in my underclothes. Williams said his fear of Philadelphians was so acute that he refused to let an ambulance take him to a nearby hospital. Instead, he hired a limousine and went directly to D.C. General. For the rest of the season, Chief Z went to games in a wheelchair or on crutches. None of his attackers were ever arrested, but Williams sued the firms in charge of security at Veterans Stadium and won. A UPI report at the time said Williams received $14,250 from the defendants. That was real. Lazy narrative. Hey, I don't know. My tip to Philly fans as they celebrate their parade tomorrow for a well-learned world championship, my tip to them and their media defenders is simple. Emphasize the majority of your gritty blue-collar fans who are upstanding Philadelphians and Pennsylvanians who are lifelong fans. They're passionate and knowledgeable, and they're not animals emphasize these are our fans and say we know our 10 percent of unredeemables like everyone's 10 percent we're working on those we're working on those people we're working on being better with them but here's who we are we're the 90 percent we're not the 10 percent you can't just say lazy narrative ah the 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 santa thing was 50 years ago With that said, it's Bob and Brian time. My older brothers from an FM radio station far away, just south of the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field in a land of glorious cheese. In my continuing series of songs that annoy, I've got a new theme song for you, Bob. Your favorite song. It is annoying, but it's not... It doesn't make me mad like some songs do. Like any queen... Gordon Lightfoot with The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Brian, isn't this one of Bob's most hated songs ever? I don't know. <laughs> no, you don't it's keep not. a running list of the most hated things? What am I, your I, chronicler? Your, I'm not some I, sap, some lackey. <laughs> Bob and Brian, equal partner, not Bob and some guy. <laughs> this is six minutes and 39 seconds of pure awesomeness. Hotel California is six minutes and some seconds long. Yeah, that one. That song sold a few more records than the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, <laughs> a coal ship on Lake Gitchagumi, which I believe is also Lake Superior. Come on, everybody! She was bigger than most. What happened to Umbop? It's over. It's over. out, man. This is your this is your new theme song. You better like it. No, I don't. Any blood, sweat, and tears song, any Queen song makes me way more furious than this. What okay, so goes what, why, up? Yeah. <laughs> so why then did this song pop up on my radar as one that I thought you hated? Probably mentioned what it. What was it about? It probably, oh, you mentioned it. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not a favorite, but hated? Nah, not so much. I actually uh, like Gordon Lightfoot, stuff like Carefree Highway. Just uh, how did it get on rock stations and, <laughs> you know, drive parents crazy? What do you got playing there? It's like Harry stuff? Chapin, The Taxi. Right. So wait, another another song? one that Any was Any like, Harry Chapin song makes me mad, sure, too. 1970s. She said, Harry, Loud, keep the chain. Rock and roll. Yeah. So Just, this song actually got airplay sure, on major like radio WLS stations? WLS and Steve, this is a on. top 40 hit. 
It was? Steve, this was a it's top... six minutes and 39 seconds about a fucking what, shipwreck. What, here? Yeah. It's, <laughs> it goes nowhere. It has no A, B, A, B, C structure. There's nothing fun about this song. <laughs> no. It's a big mournful ballad about a That's stupid right. ship and what, a dozen guys on it, if that? Yes, that bottomed out, broke in two, and they all drowned. Guys. Yeah. How many die? How many men died in the wreck of the Edmonton? I think it's uh, chronicled in the song. I I watched <laughs> I, all the lyrics. I, uh, I say we started <laughs> over. <laughs> I say we started over and listen for the number. <laughs> no, God, no. <laughs> I I actually want twenty-eight million YouTube views. Can't be wrong, right? Twenty-eight million one hundred thousand nine hundred and thirteen views. Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald by Gordon Lightfoot. With all the lyrics on it, oh, by the way. So you know more. I know more about coal shipping after watching this song than I ever cared to actually know. It so. wasn't a coal boat. It was an iron ore boat. What the fuck is the difference? Iron ore, coal, it's <laughs> well, all shit you coal burn, you right? burn, <laughs> iron ore, you make steel out of that. But how? What the fuck is the difference? How? Oh, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Why don't you drive a car made out of coal, you stupid fuck? <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what it is. It's all just burning shit. Uh, so wait, iron ore is burned to make steel? Iron ore is melted to make steel. Oh, it's steel. melted. You okay. melt it with coal I'm sorry, fire. I'm sorry. Got it. Okay. But okay. here's something that'll blow your mind, Steve. We'll see about that. The other day, Brian had a story about them making plastics out of natural gas. Yeah. Think about that. They're, what? Turning gas into plastic. Yeah. Yeah. How many pounds of pressure is required for that? I don't know. know. It, I'm still reeling. Like the atmosphere of seven, you know, <laughs> Marsers. Right. Right. <laughs> the atmosphere of seven Marses, which would be. Yeah. Would okay, fine. I'm not a science genius. None of us are. And it shows. Eat, uh, eat six dicks. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I will not even eat one. No. <laughs> Here, just try it. Like the Philly fan that ate shit off the ground. I was Gordon called. Unbelievable. Uh, on our show. Right? Early, uh, on our show earlier this week, you said, Bob, would you eat a horse turd if it guaranteed the Green Bay Packers would win the Super Bowl next year? And you year? said, hell no. And I said, absolutely not. I was called, Which means you're not going to take one for the team. Right. And after that, I was yeah. called in the studio off the air selfish by somebody. Good. Selfish. Yeah. Who's, was Brian it me? said that? No. <laughs> Carrie. It was another person Rock. who was on Come on, out Bob. the person. It was Carrie. Yeah. Okay, good. Yep. Would Carrie do that? She didn't no. say. I didn't ask her. Okay. What if there was a lottery amongst Packer fans, a room of four Packer fans? Short straw eats the turd? Short straw eats the horseshit, and championship ensues. Oh, what if? Remember the movie The Box? I just saw that movie. Oh, boy. For a, You press a button for, for a million dollars, but after you do, somebody dies. What, if, I get it a million? Was, what if it's you press a button, somebody eats horseshit? I'm all over that. <laughs> Sounds like a college drinking game to me, right? <laughs> How do we know it's not an old tradition in Philadelphia already and everyone in Philadelphia went, oh, look, he's eating the the, the traditional eating of the horse shit. I, I do believe that Alexander <laughs> Hamilton said, hear ye, hear ye, at the Continental Congress, I shall eat a piece of horse shit to bind our union as a new nation. <laughs> dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. <laughs> To horseshit. Yeah, that sounds like more of a royal thing than a, than a, than a you know, new republic. Yeah. That is a disgusting act. Yes, Joe Buck. That act. is a and When I first saw that, act. I thought he's not eating horseshit. What does he do to celebrate other things like, I don't know, you know, graduation or somebody's he, marriage or He might he might not have eaten it. He might have just picked it up with his ma- mouth. He might it's have close enough matter. Though. Yeah. Close enough. So you were going on about iron ore versus coal, and it got me to thinking, well, if I just had one of those fancy Alexas, I could have asked Alexa. Right. Now, I want to play this commercial. Did you like this commercial, the Alexa commercial in the Super Bowl? That was the one with all the different voices. Alexa lost her voice, and they had Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. They had uh, who else? Other Gordon. We were on Gordon Lightfoot a minute ago. That's right. That's Gordon Ramsay. Say the word. And you're sure this is going to work? Yeah. Alexa, show me a recipe for a grilled cheese sandwich. Pathetic. You're 32 years of age, and you don't know how to make a grilled cheese sandwich. It's... 
That is pretty funny. It's in it's the recipe. <laughs> that okay, hold on for just a second. That is the high point of the commercial. After that, it's mm. like, no, 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 no. No. Should have ended right there. Bam, mic drop out. Like the how far is Mars? Oh, how far is Mars? Well, how am I supposed to know? I never been there. This guy wanna go. Now this is some chick rapper who kinda looks like Demi Lovato. I have no idea who she is. Do yeah. you know who this rapper no, is? No, I looked around the room, I said, Who is that? Yeah. Nobody knew. Mars, <laughs> for what? <laughs> There's not even oxygen there. Lexus, set the mood. Now setting the mood. This was uh, uh what's her name? Uh the the British girl who's who's a, a large gal. She's Ruben. Oh, Australian. It's what's her name Aus- from a Pitch Perfect. Um, Pitch Perfect, right? She's in a bathtub. Yeah, she's been fat she's shamed a few times mood. online, and she always uh, uh, Lulu Roman. <laughs> no, it's Hee-Haw. <laughs> she's from Tennessee. Lulu Roman. <laughs> Bob got it. You don't have to. Don't worry about it. See, What's her name? She's if I, if, I, if I had an Alexa, I could go fat chick and pitch perfect. It would say, boom, Rebel Wilson. Right. That's it. Yeah, it's Rebel Wilson in the tub. You know, you know she could get skinny if she wanted to. It's not. And then her... she would then she would lose her career. Tony Fields could have got skinny, too. And then she would have had no career. Now you're going, right. who's Tony Fields? Look mm-hmm. it up. Mm-hmm. Like I like Snooki from Jersey Shore back when she was a fat little troll. Now she's a skinny, weird-looking troll, and it's like, who cares, right? right. But she's not being punched off bar stools anymore. I, I would say she Rebel Wilson. She's way down. She's Rebel Wilson versus Lena Dunham, if you had to. Okay, put this in the eat a piece of shit category. You had to fuck one of them. Which one would you fuck? <laughs> Rebel Wilson <laughs> or... We dropped right into the dark yeah. head here all of a sudden. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we're, we're in it now. You're, you're off air. You're, you're, there's no FCC rules now, Bob and Brian. Lena Dunham. No, Get no, out. no, no, Rebel Wilson, I mean. I'm sorry, Rebel Wilson. No, too, no, you chose. Oh, really? I picked no, the right one, and I'm stuck? You picked the race. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> what floor are we on? Can I jump out a window? <laughs> Chew your own arm off. Hey. They say sometimes the fat girls give the best love. You know, that's They young. say they try harder. They say they are more in tune with their sexuality. I'm just saying. I just think Rebel Wilson would be more fun. She's funny. She's she funny. She does seem funny. Yeah, Re- she uh, seems like she's got a Dunham better seems, attitude. Lena Dunham seems angry. Perennially yeah, angry. Yeah, did you ever watch Girls? Get out of here. Come I on. I never watched Jeez. it, but I, I saw snippets of the it. video that was the takeoff of something. <laughs> the video that was the takeoff of something. I don't even really know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, you've really yeah. pinned it down for us. Yeah, let's go back to the commercial. And you're just so dirty. Yeah, well, you're driving a so cold car. Because it's hot in that bush. Let's rebush, re- reboot. Let's play some country music. Oh, no, no, Alexa, country music. Yeah, Gordon Ramsay was the high point. Yeah, it falls off after that. It's just, eh. So... I'm afraid Brandon is a little tied up. This was pretty good. That you like with uh, what's his name? Instead of going uh, from Hopkins, uh, yeah. uh, Gordon Anthony Ramsay Hopkins. to Anthony Hopkins, that would have been. Awesome. He's feeding a peacock, which is great. And we never talked about the emotional support peacock together. Right. I, I'm sure you guys talked about it oh, on yeah. your show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know if there's anything I can help you with? Is that supposed to be Jessica? Westworld? Is that supposed to be uh, the 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 Jodie Foster movie? Um, I don't know. So Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. My, What's man, he, is maybe he's supposed to, inside, or is he just supposed to be weird? Uh, I think it's, weird. It's okay. just supposed to be. He's kind of an evil character. Okay. So yeah, yeah. I, I think other, they missed. Other than, other than that, the commercials were generally considered to be meh. You didn't but like nobody the Peter has Dinklage any... one? The Doritos and then uh, Morgan Freeman? I haven't seen it yet. I'm catching up, but I heard it was good. I just think it's funny that people always declare the commercials were bad. I can't remember a year in which people say they were great this year. And nobody has a scoring system. Nobody has any kind of objective measurables, any analytics. They just want to go, oh, the commercials sucked. Oh, Justin Timberlake sucked. No, we're a nation that I, loves to say it Here's sucked. the problem with Justin Timberlake in halftime. They got to his biggest hits... Right, the last two songs, yeah, and they should have gone one more round with "Can't Stop the Feeling," don't you think? Didn't it feel <sighs> like you, one more one more verse? They should have done it again. They, I mean, the place See, was the place was ready to go. If there's something you can't stop, then <laughs> don't stop well, it. Well, then stop right. it. See. <laughs> Then when you stop it, it is somehow 
Full sure. I thought they had worked up to it nicely. They had a little salute to Prince in there. Turn the town purple. They had the hologram Prince, which he never wanted. Now you say, yeah, you say nice salute to Prince. It was not taken that way by many people. Right. Man. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I don't live in Minneapolis, so what? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Prince is probably a Viking fan. I don't care. But I always he, thought, I always thought when Prince was alive, like Bruno Mars, when he was around, he was the coolest guy in the room, no doubt about it. Did your uh, music guy, Gary Graff, talk about what Prince said about hologram duets before he died? No, we'll probably talk about it with him when we talk this week. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Prince called hologram duets, quote, the most demonic shit I've ever seen. He's like, I ain't never doing that. He's like, if I was meant to jam with Buddy Holly, I would have lived in the same era as Buddy Holly. Otherwise, no, I'm not doing that. What about Hank Williams doing that song with his dad, Tear in My Beer? Well, that's Hank and his dad, but Prince. Oh, thought it was so we can do that. Think, I don't think Prince liked that either. <laughs> How about Natalie Cole doing uh, the Nat King Cole uh, duet with her, that was with her dead father? I thought that was tribute great. to him. Yeah, well, that was his tribute to his dad. But maybe you know, Brian, Prince didn't these like are, it either. These are the worst holograms we'll ever have. <laughs> See this? They should have gone. They should have done this twice, not once. They missed it. I that's deny why, people. Help me, Obi Wan Kenobi should have been better. Oh, you know, yeah, it still looked like a hologram. Well, By then okay. it should have looked like just another person standing there. Right. Oh well, yeah. The stupid thing about the hologram like in Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. The stupid thing about the hologram in Star Wars is that it had glitches and fuzz. Yeah. Like an old UHF antenna right. on so, an analog TV. So you're TV. telling me that. <laughs> You can't right. get in an old rattletrap spacecraft <laughs> with no spacesuit. Who's this guy? And, this and character? you got a you got a, a big monkey for a co-pilot, and you can a travel. Big gorilla. You can travel faster than the speed of light. Yes, considerably. You still got the glitches in the holograms coming out of the rolling garbage right, can. Right, right, right. And the glitches, the rolling garbage can, exactly. So the glitches, uh, the, it's a totally unbelievable. Yeah, it is. It's, it's really inconsistent. You're right. But from a real tech, from an from an AV club nerd standpoint, the glitches in the hologram mean it was delivered in an analog fashion, because in a digital delivery, yeah. it's either all there or not at all. Analog means you got most of the signal, but it's kind of fuzzy at times. Thus making Star Wars oh, hi, yeah. the worst totally movie unrealistic. ever made, and I will never watch it again. That's exactly right. Uh, Suppose we extend the square I, beyond the two dimensions to... of our universe along the hypothetical z-axis there. Of going oh! to... This forms a three-dimensional object known as a cube or a Frankahedron in honor of its discoverer. And to fill my time. Or a, a cube or a Frankahedron. Like, Either one will like do just fine. I like how the two-dimensional fun. people can't figure the three-dimensional world. What is it? Man. Speaking of Timberlake, yeah. do you know about the accusations that he has been culturally appropriating black music? What Have do you, mean? you heard that charge? He has been charged with cultural appropriation according to some okay then what happens <laughs> i don't know but i'm reading this piece oh well, you said he's charged so oh, who right. arrests him kendra and james what court is he taken to kendra james writing for cosmo back in 2016 headline justin timberlake has gotten away with cultural appropriation for years now and she took him to task because no, he no charges on against Eminem, no charges against Vanilla Ice, you know, mm, Kid Rock, I, whatever. Anyway, Justin Timberlake had tweeted. Remember when Jesse Williams gave that speech at the BET Awards? That was supposed to be all about peace and love, but also it had some things in there about cultural appropriation. And Timberlake said, everyone, every celebrity wanted to jump on board. Like, yeah, this is great, way to go. And so he's like, Jesse Williams, though, hashtag inspired BET 2016. And then people started coming at him on Twitter with, did you like the part when Jesse talked about white people stealing from us? That should resonate with you. And the piece basically says, uh, here's a quote, even as he veers towards country over R&B, Timberlake's sound capitalizes on the roots of black American music that came before it with nary a peep of credit. That's a, if you, that's if you a one-way street, right? Because Darius if, if Rucker you, 
is doing country music now. Right. And the U.S. cellular guy, so, he doesn't get accused of anything. If you think there'd have been Just a wondering. drink you away without the influences of gospel, B.B. King, Buddy Guy, and Muddy Waters, then I can't help you, says Who the writer. Who thinks of these things to get outraged about? I just, when I see these guys, I go, that guy's really good. You know, either or whatever they're doing. I just look at it and I go, wow, that's, that's really good. Didn't like the fact that for a while uh, he was wearing cornrows and do-rags. Remember the cornrow do-rag era of Justin Timberlake's career? I have not, not followed really. him that closely, no? but I kind of okay. remember it. I mean, I... Yeah. Well, he did. Are they, and, and, and are they some mad about that think, dick in the box thing? I, Was that? No? What? I don't dick know. Dick in the box? I'm on a boat, motherfucker? They oh, mad about yeah. that? Oh, I love those. <laughs> Lonely Island, those are the best. Right. Using my pants. Yeah, right. <laughs> Absolute <laughs> slamy, hilarious songs. He's really funny. He's really, really talented. I know. I know, but apparently he can't draw on any black influences musically without being accused by some of this cultural appropriation. But everybody borrows from everybody musically and especially across different genres and different sort of ethnic strains of music, right? And if they didn't, and if everyone were all stayed just in their, in their lane, own column, it'd be very boring, would be wouldn't it? Complaints about how come you don't accept this and why don't you? Okay, here's an example. Are the Eagles accused of this? Bill Simzik, their producer, when they were doing one of these nights, was recording Take It to the Limit, and he had done all kinds of B.B. King stuff. He said, I was in my real bluesy mood, and he said, yeah. so we were taking this like blues. So did they steal when they did uh, Take It to the Limit with that? Don't know. Uh, you're, influenced by, you're influenced by things you've heard, right? And you try to mimic the things you like. Is that stealing, or is that just, no, it was an influence. So, on a side note regarding Timberlake, do you think Janet Jackson was treated unfairly in the wake of Nipplegate 14 years ago? Because the common narrative now is that that incident derailed her career and Timberlake never paid a price. Was she treated unfairly? Yes. Yeah, but I don't uh... think it's because she was black. I think it's because she was a woman. (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> That's one way to cut it, I guess. <laughs> uh, I do. I she, still know she Jan- was. Jackson was disinvited to the Grammys a week later, forced to withdraw from the lead role in a Lena Horne biopic, and Timberlake did nothing to come to her defense. It wasn't until August of 2006, a month before he was going to release his future sex slash, slash love sound song or album that Timberlake became even vaguely woke writes this author on the topic rubbing some of the sleep from his eyes to tell MTV American society is unfairly harsh on ethnic people yes she was treated unfairly I would like Justin Timberlake to write her a check that was easy <laughs> wow <laughs> problem just solved. like that huh I next have, problem knock, I don't have knock, to do knock, where's my money <laughs> That's a great solution. I get out of this without any problem. Clearly, clearly both participants were in on the stunt, and you know that it was planned, right? No one disputes that Nipplegate was planned. Unless she walks around with that, you know, whatever that was pinned to her, pinned to her all the time. I wouldn't think so. Yeah, that was some big adornment metal. Right. And to have a a bustier like that that even has a Velcro or a snap off (laughs) thing. That can't be by design. I mean, that had I to be on purpose. For, I haven't shopped for bustiers, so I'm not sure. Time. Right, so I, I can't say for sure, but eh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Probably on the dark web somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> by some assassin or something. SI Swimsuit Issue is coming out now as we're into February. Your thoughts on this annual... Wintertime is uh, Kate Upton tradition. on this one? She on the cover? She just uh, got done accusing the the what the guest Guess. guy of uh, I don't know behavior. Is she your favorite SI swimsuit model of all time? Kate Upton? Yeah. Of all time? Yeah. No. Who's my number one? Number one? I can't. Who's think of your her name number right one? Now. Number one? Bob. Blonde, blonde, thin, blonde. On about ten years ago on the cover. Thin What's her blonde. name? 
<laughs> I can't think of it. I want to call her Andy. favorite you got there. Um, I'll Some give you. Forgot. If you guys would just be quiet. Marissa Miller. That's it. Marissa Miller's my number one, number one of all time on SI covers. She's pretty darn good. Thank right? you. Pretty darn. You got a good eye there, Bob. Good eye to put her. L. McPherson, though, the Thunder from Down Under. I'm talking all time, all time. Yeah. I just gave me a cover model or how about, model in How about anywhere? Heidi Klum in her prime? No? Heidi Klum is spectacular. Sure, I still love her, but I love Christy Brinkley in her prime. No? Christy was spectacular. Kathy Ireland spectacular. in her prime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Boy. Out of those, I Cheryl might have Teagues to go with in her fishnet. No? Yeah. Cheryl, Cheryl Teagues is right up there. Uh, for number one, number one of all time. Yeah. And do you remember where you were when you first saw her in that fishnet suit? I do. Suit that I, do. I remember exactly. I was like where a sophomore. It's like a sophomore in high school, I think. Uh, <laughs> and I think I saw that that in the library. I was like, wait, what is this? Wait, whoa! Yeah, look at those whoa. pepperonis. Whoa. All right. Again, I have to untuck my shirt if I'm going to look at this much longer. Now no, I got to get... untuck my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> now, now remember those get... days? Oh yeah. Now you can get now you can get nipples in the SI swimsuit issue, but they're painted. Do painted nipples or breasts do anything for you guys? They had the issue where everyone just had the paint on, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they still do that every mm-hmm. every issue. Now they have at least a few. Paint yeah, because it's shots. easy for me to remove that in my head because I'm colorblind. Ah! So <laughs> you're colorblind. You just so... see straight to nipple. Right. It's like X-ray vision. It's like infrared. <laughs> Cut right through all the paint. <laughs> but but an actual bathing suit will block you. I personally love the hand bra more than anything. I think it's sexy. I love it when the when the model's got her arms crossed and she's oh, like, no. oh, oh, I oh, oh no. I lost my top. Yeah. Oh, that playful and look. Then this one model put her arms out and her head stayed there. Zolly shot. I also like the cinnamon bun shot where there's a nice coating of sand oh. on, a, on a nice pair of buns separated by a G-string bikini bottom on the beach. Mm-hmm. It's a good shot right there. Yeah. Nope. I also good. love my favorite tradition of the swimsuit is the one guy who writes in the following week, <laughs> letter to the editor, cancel my <laughs> subscription. <laughs> The cancel my subscription guy is the best guy ever. Like, you don't know there's a swimsuit issue coming out every year in February in the doldrums of winter after we've blown our wad on football for the year? Come on, pal. Why don't you write that letter this year? Why don't you the, get uh, in Sports Illustrated? You print one every year, right? I remember That'd be there was cool some if I could... uh, Catholic school printed, uh, uh, wrote one in once and got it printed. Really? Oh, really? Yeah, it was like the, the head... Sister or something said, well, you took just cancel our subscription to the now, school. Now, we're not going to have this here. Pretty sure. Do you think it's starter porn for kids? Not anymore. With the internet, it's, it's yeah. too late to worry about 25 that, right? years ago, yeah, it was. Now, okay. I remember Look Magazine was for me when I was a kid. Really? They would have like, uh, they would go around the world and they had like, they would go to Europe and there would be like a... a chick on a beach with no top on and we would me and my buddies in like third and fourth grade would be laughing looking at it like check this out yeah what is the best non-porn porn out there i would nominate an athleta catalog you ever get a of catalogs of women's wear there's a couple of them that have the most <laughs> unbelievable assortment of smoke show 30 to 40-year-olds so, you've ever so seen. So the, uh, the clothes I order, you know, from the Fat Man store, <laughs> guess what happens? Well, you don't have, you don't have a woman in the house. Well, no, you don't have a woman no, in the house. But, that, but the company that sends the Fat Man. Uh, uh, they also send the other ones they just assume in case. there is a Mrs. Fat Man, and oh. I get the... Fat oh. woman catalog. Oh, you get the Rebel Wilson catalog. <laughs> <laughs> the full beauty catalog. I was rus.com. I was. Oh. Gonna, I was gonna, that was a cheap shot. I was going to say uh, Maxim. Okay, that's good, not good start. Although they, they don't have any actual nudity in Maxim, right? Mm, they get pretty Do close. You still get Maxim? No, but when I see it, I go, boy, she's hot. Do you no. guys get any magazines still? I bet, Brian, you get magazines. You're still I a man. I get Travel and Leisure, Warbirds, Warbirds International, 
uh, the Weekly Standard, and National Review. Okay, that's a then good we get, selection right there. Bob, then, what about you? Uh, no, all mine, no. When no. was the last time you canceled? Because you used to get Playboy. I never canceled. They ran out. Oh, they did. My okay. Playboy subscription ran out when they went to the uh, clothed models. <laughs> And I said, yeah, that's well, about good enough. good luck with that. Yeah, and that But was they out started uh, naked again. Yeah, I'm done. I'm good. You got out at a good point to get yeah, out. I got You got out at a point that made sense to get out. You've seen All right, here's some, home, here's some homework for the guys listening out there to this Zabecast. Give us your top three non-porn porn items, <laughs> such as Athleta catalogs or perhaps uh, what else? Um any other? There's another one. I'm going to think of the name here. I'm trying to search it right now. <laughs> Fredericks is that still in business? <laughs> Fredericks of Hollywood. Fredericks. I think of they're Hollywood. still available online. Okay. I think they are. Victoria's okay. Secret. <laughs> you had those in the mall when you were a kid, right, Steve? Fredericks. Uh, not Fredericks. We had one at Southridge. No. Yeah. yeah when I was a kid, I'd walk by real slow. What the hell's going on in there? Shit. Would you make sure to go? A uh, Sahali is one that's pretty good. Would you go and uh, get lost in the women's lingerie? No, I just would. Like, it, oh, what's I going would just on? walk by I outside can't find and kind of. My way out. I never walked into one. I would just okay. kind of walk by and look in the door. Like, mm-hmm. I could, I went to Spencer's Gifts. I got the Playboy centerfold jigsaw puzzles. And I couldn't believe that they sold them to me. I just, I could not believe they would sell those to me. I was absolutely stunned. And my brother and I would wait for our parents to go to bed at night, and then we would get up and put this centerfold puzzle together. Really? Yeah. <laughs> we had like three of them. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> three Porn you have to assemble yourself. <laughs> Some assembly required. <laughs> they came in a can. It was a can, like, like a, a barrel full of monkeys. You know, remember that game? <laughs> yeah. It was like that. It yeah. came in a can. Yeah, but it had the centerfold on the outside. You would peel the, the thing off of the cylindrical thing, and you would open it up and go, okay, here's what we're going to make. Here's what we're shooting for. Wow. Yeah, they had them at Spencer Gifts. Here's what we're yeah. shooting for. I'll get some pieces in here, Ron. All right, it's going to take a few nights. going to be some long days, boys. How many pieces? <laughs> Uh, like eight? Uh, no, it was like a little kids puzzle. It's a few hundred, a few hundred. Yeah, a few hundred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Is that? Yeah, I think I got some nipple on this one. Boys, I got this over here. Uh, 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 this is for sure nipple, and then I. But there's like, wow. God, looks like there should be about three nipples. Here, right? <laughs> Okay, let's uh, okay, put, we'll put all those over there. And, uh, <laughs> all right. I got an ear and a hair. Yeah. All right, lastly, I got to give you this one. Mike Tice, remember him? The Butcher. Mike Tice, apparently, after 35 years as an NFL player, assistant coach, and head coach, tells uh, a reporter he thinks he's ready to call it quits, saying players no longer want to be coached. Mike Tice. Maybe he's just a bad coach. Where's he coaching? Uh boy, I, I didn't know. He was even in Chicago last, I think, wasn't he? The offensive Bears? line coach? Really? He might have last been. time Mike... I saw him not I'm not saying that's his last Oakland job, Raiders. But... Oh, okay. Really? Oakland Raiders is his last stop. All right, so he's out coach. anyway because they fired Jack Del Rio, so he yeah. was... So is it a cop out to say that, you know, guys don't want to be coached? Uh, playoff. Oh, sorry about that. A little bit of Jim Mora right there. What do you think? Maybe maybe, he's just maybe a bad his coach. maybe his tactics his coaching techniques don't work on your modern player anymore. Maybe you can't. Uh, maybe everybody's it, different. You yeah, you got a different load of people. I don't know. Thirty-five years of playing, assistant coach, head coach. Does he have to come up with really ironclad reasons? You know, <laughs> not good enough. You're still a coach. Thirty-five years. All I know is that Norm Van Brocklin is spinning in his grave. We want you to play because you're instructed to play. Understand? Yes, sir. You line up where you're supposed to line up. None of that Harry High School fake this, fake do what we're told. You can't play football in the NFL if you're not coachable. You can't just throw your arms up and go, these kids don't want to be coached. Someone's coaching them, right? Yeah. Okay. There will be somebody else who will take over, I'm sure. Okay. Yeah, but defined coaching. I mean, everyone does that differently, too. True. Is it, is it are you are there like the substitute father? Are you like a field general? You know, what's your deal? Oh, here we go. Well, I guess it's over.
No, he came. I was just going to bring it in lightly as you finished up your point. 29. 29 people died in the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Yeah. That's very sad. A lot of staffers there to uh, tend to an iron ore boat. Well, you know, we're on I a great it, lake uh, here. I think it says something about uh, the, bo- the the bell told 29 times for the sailors. It says that's, it in that song. That's right. You're right. No, you're right. You know that uh, Lake Michigan is the only one of the Great Lakes that is entirely in the United States. Hey, how about that? Hey, you know, you East Coasters, you always dismiss it. Hey, how about that? Hey, how how about that? That's awesome. Do they call it Lake Gitchigumi or is it another name? No, no, nobody calls that. Name name the Great Lakes. Name the Great Lakes. uh, Superior, Huron, Michigan, and Gitchigumi. Boom, four, (laughs) nailed it. Wrong. Winning! Brian, tell him how to remember all the Great Lakes. Holmes. H-O-M-E-S. Huron, Ontario, Michigan. Erie, Superior. Boom. And you know what? Learn your Great Lakes, fool. As punishment, you're going to have to memorize every lyric in this song. Oh, I can do it. I can sing along. Edmund Fitzgerald. I can sing along to the whole thing, no problem. Okay, here we go. Jump in right now. I don't know where we are. The We're legend the lives end. on from the Chippewa on down to the lake they, they call it. <laughs> Great Lake Sorry. they call it. Imperial scenes in the rooms of her ice water mansion. Yeah. Old Michigan steams like a young man. Well, I'd love to stay forever. But, uh... <laughs> no, Bob's going to sing the song. Come on, Bob. I don't have four <laughs> days for this. It's called a tease, Steve. We'll do it next time. Right. <laughs> Tell what you guys. Uh, listen to Bob and Brian on 102.9 The Hog every morning out of Milwaukee. Also, subscribe to BobandBrianWorld.com where you get even more extra fun stuff. There you go. Well worth the price. Very good. Right? It's, yep. And none of it's on the dark net. It's all on the, on the bright on net. On the light net. Yeah. All right, boys. Never forget the 29 brave, brave souls that died. Next week, another song that annoys from Bob's collection of songs he has no use for. See you then, boys. Get out of here. We'll end with this today. We all know that college basketball is the land of the one and done. NBA lottery-bound blue chippers who only go to college for one year and not even one full year of school because they can no longer go straight to the pros, right? One and done. How about one and done in the workplace when it comes to dating? At Facebook and Google, they're going to try it. According to new policies, employees are only allowed to ask a coworker out on a date once. If they're turned down, they do not get to ask again. Even ambiguous answers such as, I'm busy or I can't that night, count as a no said Heidi Swartz, Facebook's global head of employment law. At Facebook, if a potential date involves a person of a more senior position than the other, the date itself doesn't necessarily have to be disclosed to HR. Facebook says it trusts its employees to disclose relationships when there's a conflict of interest. Failure to do so will lead to disciplinary action. But of course, real life is never as cut and dried as these scenarios that sometimes appear in your sexual harassment training modules. Said Anna Wood... Uh, at Google, after her four years of working at Google in 2015, quote, I didn't know if people were asking me out or not. Ms. Wood is now the founder and CEO of Brains Over Blonde, a feminist lifestyle platform, and she recalled finding herself on an accidental date sometimes when she thought she was just going to happy hour for a drink with a coworker, but her companion meant it to be a date. On paper, in a memo, it all sounds good and right because you really should only get one shot and let's say you get one shot would you like to go out on a date no okay i will stop asking you but will it stop the person who's hell-bent on maybe getting that person to change their mind to still do things that are creepy and weird oh let me get your coat oh let me hold your door oh can i walk you out to the car oh i got you a cup of coffee these are all things that are not asking somebody out on a date but they're creepy things that somebody might not want Also, some people, they succeed that way by brute force repetition. I worked with a guy once who bragged about how he had to ask his wife seven times to marry him before she finally said yes. And I said, and you're bragging about this? Why exactly? Of course, my own 
history. I remember freshman year, UC Santa Barbara, a scrawny, still mop-haired freshman from the mean streets of McLean, Virginia, all the way across the country in California, was smitten with a gal who was in one of my classes, a brown-eyed, willowy, brown-haired gal by the name of Mary McConnell, or, or Mary O'Donnell. O'Connell, I don't exactly remember the name, but I remember this incident as vividly as if it happened yesterday. I had kind of asked her out a number of times in various study groups and in class and whatnot, and I just, I got all, I felt like, hey man, you're in college, you're you're in the big leagues, you got to get back in the play, get back in the batter's box and take your hacks. So finally one day I ran into her at the little student gift shop, uh, snack shop, coffee shop, whatever it was. And I think I asked her one too many times, and she turned in line and very loudly belted out, I do not want to go out with you. Not today, not tomorrow, never. It was one of those moments where time stopped. (laughs) Everyone in that coffee shop stopped for a beat and looked. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. Okay. And yes, uh, if I said that that fastball to the face like J.T. Snow and the Bigs didn't sting quite a bit, I'd be lying. If I said it didn't brush me off the plate just a bit for future endeavors with the fairer sex while at college, I'd be lying because it did. But I lived and nobody was worse for the wear. That'll do it for today. Thank you so much for listening to the Zabecast. An extra little shot of me Monday through Friday. I really appreciate your ears, and I appreciate you including this in your digital diet. We try to make it as wholesome, delicious, and fresh every single day. Tell two friends. Give me a good review on iTunes, Google Play, and other places. You get your podcast. Tell two friends, like I said. And again, we will see you next time on the Zabecast.